When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Survive to see another week in the playoffs as they are preparing to face the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo at Highmark Stadium. It's going to be cold, it's going to be freezing, but it's going to be fun football because that's what the playoffs are all about. Welcome into another postseason preview edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad back with Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. Less than 24 hours removed from a prime time thriller in the jungle against the Baltimore Ravens. And to set the stage for the week, uh, Zach Taylor gave some updates for some injuries on the offensive front, of course, starting with Jonah Williams. Uh, He dislocated his kneecap. He said he is week to week. Uh, He didn't officially declare anything for Sunday. As for Alex Kappa, same thing. He is week to week with uh, his injury that sidelined him against the Ravens last night. As we're taping this on Monday, I say Sunday night. So seems as if you're going to be without... Your three guys, uh, Jonah Williams, Alex Kappa, and then, of course, Lyle Collins, who's not going to be back for the rest of the playoffs. But before I get to the the bad news and the hard part, like, let's start with some good news. I know people like to start with the bad news, but let's start with some good news. And it's that I think when you look at Sam Hubbard's play, you could talk about it over and over and over. And like I said the other day, we could talk about it 20 years from now. But I think what shouldn't get overlooked is what led to that play. Not, not just the play in and of itself, but the way that the red zone efficiency was defensively they were one for four on defense in the red zone and you know one thing Zach Taylor said that stood out was like it wasn't just you know Logan Wilson and Jesse Bates and DJ Reader like it was also BJ Hill it was also Jermaine Pratt like he made sure he texted Jermaine Pratt to give him credit for that play which goes back to the idea that like you know that red zone defense was pretty solid there's a lot of things that fortunately caused the Ravens to be in the red zone but I'd say it was pretty sharp. It was pretty good last night. I think they're going to need that, especially when you face an even better offense. As Jesse Bates put it, a quote-unquote normal offense in Buffalo. Yeah, the, the I don't think we talked about this last night on the postgame pod. The, the end of the first half red zone trip for the Ravens, I don't think that that can really go understated. I mean, it, the Bengals being down 10-9 to 9 at halftime is – you feel not great about that considering how the second quarter went, but – I mean, the Ravens drove right down the field with that massive was 17-play drive. Um, you know, they had a big drive score, uh, cut the lead to 9-7. to seven. Then they get to the four, and they ran, they ran four plays, um, you know, inside the five. And uh, they only ran one run play, which, again, kind of goes back to their, their, their short yardage kind of packages there. But um, Bengals' defense held, and I think that that game is – I think that that game has a different feel – if the Bengals go into the locker room down by five and you're kind of sitting there like, okay, you know, what, what is the second half hold? Because then all of a sudden, like one Ravens score really kind of puts you up against it considering how well that the Ravens had run the ball in that second quarter uh, and they ran the ball really effectively. So, yeah, I mean, the red zone defense was, was really effective last night and I think you could tell the story of the game by 
by Hubbard's play and the way that the Bengals played in the red zone. Well, that's how it's been all season. That's been kind of, I mean, yeah. Ben, don't break. Uh, you know, the, the uh, numbers on the box score are sort of less important than the, you know, the the points scored, and that's kind of how Lou has judged this defense, and that's kind of the uh, philosophy he's instilled, and it's, and it's worked. Um, he talked about today, you know, having just that knockout punch that um, you could drop at any time, and, and they, you know, dropped the hammer a couple of times there down the stretch. Um, nothing new. I mean, it was what they did against the Patriots, what they did against uh, Kansas City. Um, so, I mean, that's just sort of been the what they are. They're resilient. They, uh, you know, it's a veteran group, and it's kind of par for the course of what they've been this season. You know, how fitting is it that, like, what we saw with Tyler Huntley fumbling the ball at the goal line, he's not even the first victim when it comes to a, a fumble that ended up saving a game, and in this case, saving the season for the Bengals. Like, Ramondre Stevenson is on that list, fumbled against the Bengals late in that game in New England on Christmas Eve. Travis Kelsey gets the ball ripped from Jermaine Pratt, who I just mentioned, uh, when they came here back in December, the Chiefs did came to Cincinnati. And so you're right, it, it's nothing new. Uh, what's just new is the fact that that was the most exciting turnover they forced all year and could say one of the most exciting in Bengals history. But, you know, going back to what Jesse Bates said, he made a good point. You know, the Ravens, were not as he considered it to be a normal offense. They ran a triple option where, like you said, Andrew, they kept running with J.K. Dobbins. Tyler Huntley had some really good runs. He averaged like six yards per carry because clearly um, he was not throwing the ball well, with exception to a few throws. Uh, but you are facing a normal offense. You're facing Josh Allen, who was an MVP favorite entering the season and is still like a top five candidate, even though he's not going to win it. He's still in the conversation. Um, and we'll get to Buffalo and kind of how weird they played in their wild card game later, but. How much do you really need to hone in on that? Because, you know, they're going to face the Bills a lot more in the red zone, and it's going to be a lot tougher stopping that versus that triple option that the Ravens boast. Well, I mean, it's a completely different type of look. Um, you know, the Ravens, you know, I was talking to Sam actually before the game. You know, and, and he kind of talked about their run game is just different. They use pullers in different ways from other teams. They, they have a fullback, which not a lot of teams do. Um, they're, they're just their entire scheme of their run game. Even if it's a, you know if it's a straight ahead run play and it's an inside zone play, it's a counter play. They, it just it looks a little bit different. Um, it looks a little bit different than than kind of other teams. Um, you know, Huntley's obviously not the running threat that Lamar is. Uh, we saw that last night. Like we talked about that. We talked about that in the media room. Uh, I don't know if you guys were there yet, but um, if, if Lamar. Um, if Lamar is the one, all being equal, that takes that end around kind of uh, where Huntley got to the two-yard line, Lamar scores. Like, Lamar has that ability. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, Huntley didn't have that kind of rushing ability, but it's still a unique look. Sure. Um, and I think that uh, it, it's just a totally different game because, you know, we mentioned last night the weather still looks decent for Sunday, so, like, you're not really going to have any problems airing it out. There's not going to be 40-mile-an-hour winds with, you know, eight inches of snow. So, um, Josh Allen can really kind of whip that thing. So we're going to see because you're, you're going from, you know, you prepared for the Bills um, going on, what was that, January 2nd, and then you prepare for that. The game gets canceled, obviously, three possessions in. Then you have two weeks of, of kind of preparing for the Ravens. It's a little bit like, you know, I guess what it would be like in college playing yeah. Army and Air Force or Navy and Air Force or whoever back-to-back. -back. Yeah, um, it's a good so analogy. You, you, you play those teams that are just so different. Now you get back into, okay, now we have more drop-back passing. Um, you know, the the Bills split up their run game pretty equally on Sunday. Uh, what day was it yesterday? Sunday. Sunday. Uh, yeah. Between James Cook and Devin Singletary. So um, 
it, it's just it's a completely different look, and it's 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 just absolutely a curveball from from what they prepared for the last two weeks. So it's I mean it's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, well, I I don't know that that's true because I mean you know they just had done it two weeks ago. I mean it's basically like you said playing them within a short span, and they didn't have to use much of that game plan. I mean Lou said they'd probably have to change up. Uh, some of the stuff they did in the red zone because they got to see that on that opening drive. But when you have a large portion of the work done, they only have two games to scout um, that, you know, after they were supposed to play. So um, I can't think of a moment they'll be better prepared for. I mean, they're, they're pretty healthy, too, coming out of that one on defense at least. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think they'll be ready for the challenge. I don't think, you know, the Ravens are sort of a separate category, but they also know them better than anybody else. So it's not like you can't. Uh, transition well. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because obviously you have to see them twice a year every year. I mean, the Bills, this is the first time they faced them, I want to say since 2019, which was, you know, before Joe Burrow even got to Cincinnati. So it's not like they see these teams very often. And that was a way different team even three years ago. So um, it's it's something new, and I think we're going to see it more often. They're already going to be on the schedule next year because of the opponents that the Bengals are going to have to face it'll actually be back in Cincinnati so kind of like Burrow versus Mahomes like we're going to see a lot of Burrow versus Allen in the coming future and uh, we'll talk more about that kind of matchup later in the week but now to get to the rough part because now we have to get to the bad news and it's like I said uh, you're not going to have Lyle Collins you're not going to have it seems like you're not going to have Alex Capo and you're probably not going to have Jonah Williams which means you're looking at Jackson Carmen making his first start all year after pretty much being an active almost the whole season inactive as a guard as a guard and that's the other thing like as a guard and even last year when he did play the games he played like same thing Andrew he played at guard so um, I don't remember if he played tackle at Clemson I'd have to go back and look but um, just to say the least it's not good Um, I mean you you saw him yesterday he gave up a sack in the second half Um, he just really was not quick on his feet and I mean when he he played in week 18 when Alex Kappa went out he came in for him I mean the one play that stood out was the fact that he got in a fight with Justin Houston on the Ravens' sideline. So he's really not off to a good start, if we're being blunt. So um, starting with specifically that, like we can get to kind of not having cap on calls in a bit, but that side of the left side of the line, we haven't talked about that because it's the right side that's been struggling. But now that your left side is going to be just as banged up, how much of a problem is that for Joe Burrow coming from that side of the offense? From the left side. Well, I mean, I don't. Their status, I think, will be up in the air. You know, I, I don't think they're going to, you know, necessarily reveal anything. Um, you know, sounded a little more optimistic about Kappa, sort of jokingly, but I mean, they're going to play. They're going to play that close to the vest. I mean, they hadn't. They haven't met yet, so I mean, it's hard to say what you know how. You know, they haven't seen him on the field. Um, and, and Jonah did play through a dislocated kneecap for the first time against the Ravens. And, um, you know, if he can, I'd imagine he'll, you know, pain tolerance isn't an issue for those offensive linemen. Or just pop it back into place uh, like he did so, a few weeks ago. you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. I'm, I'd imagine we won't know what the offensive line will look like until Sunday before the game. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a problem. I mean, you got three uh, replacement players up there. Um, you know, you get the week of practice reps now with that group. Um, if, you know, those guys are limited, which will, will help a bit. But, you know, Zach Taylor sort of, I mean, I guess he has to downplay the challenge. But, I mean, his point is, is that they're uh, well coached enough and they have the practice reps throughout the season that they should be um, ready for this moment. Yeah, I mean, if you're like if you're the Bills right now, if you're their defensive line coach, their defensive coordinator, like you're you're sitting there looking at this Bengals offensive line, and you know even if Jonah Williams plays, even if Alex Kappa plays, like let's pretend in a magical world they heal, like you're gonna want to test those guys, like you're gonna want to bring the house, and I think 
really early heat. on, you're going to see. Um, you're going to. I, I mean, if I were Buffalo, my strategy would be blitz the hell out of them until they stop it. Um, because That's what they did against the Dolphins. Right, like, much. right, and like the Bills. I have to look. I know they're one of the, if not the most, blitz-heavy teams in the league. Um, their blitz rate is really, really high, um, even if it's not number one. So, um, you know, they they're very, very aggressive defensively. Um, so I, this week, I think, um, as game plans start to get put in today and tomorrow and Wednesday, like, I, I think it has to be, you know, you've really got to just kind of instill in Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow knows this, but you've just really got to make this one, two, get the ball out. You know, one, two, boom. Like one, two, boom. You just got to keep doing I do keep think there's something to be that. said, though, for not trying to blitz and seeing if you could just rush for four against a weakened front. Um, sure, I mean, but. You know, there's something to you said that, you know, the Ravens in the first half of last week last week's game um, blitzed and, and got burned for it. You know, this team is pretty good, um, especially if, you know, you're not helping in the secondary. I mean, Joe Burrow gets the ball really, you know, get, gets rid of the ball really quick. He's very good with his decision-making, um, and you can really burn blitzing teams for that. I mean, if. The, if the line is as bad as, you know, if it plays down, you know, in some of its worst moments uh, yesterday, um, you, know, I don't, you don't need to blitz. You could provide help in the secondary and get the pass rush and get the best of both worlds and then pick your spots with the blitz. I think, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, well, you don't kind of go away from your identity, but I mean, it's almost like if you can rush with just four and get pressure and then help with those guys in the secondary that, you know, are going to need some help uh, with these receivers, I mean, you might, you know, get the best of both worlds that way. That's a good point because, you know, when the Bengals played at Tennessee last year, like that was the game where Burrow got banged up the most because he got sacked nine times. I think what's reassuring for the Bengals compared to this year is Burrow's getting the ball off quicker. He's been better with missing sacks this year. Like, I'm not going to say that a lot of those sacks were his fault in Tennessee, but like if you go back and watch that film, I mean, it's debatable. I'd say maybe three or four of those were on him. And of course, that doesn't take away the fact that they still gave up five other sacks, but I think he's gotten better with that. Um, that's something that I think Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor have talked about is just his decision-making, his quickness, the one-two punch like you guys mentioned. Um, that's the optimistic side of it is like if you have a worst case where you, you don't have the three guys versus maybe just not having Lyle Collins because like, that's a given. Um, that's something that should give you a lot of hope. But at the same time, though, you know they're going to try to test Burrow to where, yeah, like they know he's going to try to get the ball off, but you can't do that if you attack from the secondary, which – you know, for Buffalo's been pretty good. Like, Kyer Elam, um, I think, almost had two picks. He had a pick against Miami on Sunday. And then, uh, you know, like, don't forget about those linebackers, uh, Milano and Edmonds. They can either bring the pressure or play the spy almost as well as, like, we've been talking about with Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. They can play almost as good as them. Uh, there's a case to be made there. But, you know, the other problem with that, too, is and it's not like the Bengals have really done anything with the run game. They really didn't last night. I think Mixon only had the ball like 11 times, and he only averaged like four yards per carry. Although I will say he did look good in the beginning. I think the first two drives he looked fine. But is that even anything worth worrying about? Like if you don't have those three guys, do you worry that now with mixing you're going to get less than what you're already getting out of him anyway? Well, what I'm curious about if if you're talking about the running game, I'm curious how many snaps P. Ryan's going to get. Uh, I haven't looked at the snap counts from yesterday, but like I wonder without – Jonah and without Kappa and without Collins if this is a Samaje P. Ryan game because you just you want his blocking ability in the game um, so I'm curious if if you get more snaps to him um, just to try and get an extra blocker out there I, I mean are you questioning Joe Mixon's blocking skills? just a little bit um, <laughs> uh, you know I, th I think um, you want to get 
but again, it's 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 a fine line because you know if you put P Ryan in the game, um, you know the Bengals have kind of shown through their actions that they're not as comfortable giving the ball to P Ryan as they are to Mixon. Um, so I, you know I, I'm I'm curious. Well, Zach talked about the chemistry on the checkdowns between Mixon and Joe tonight. Right, right. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. this could be a big checkdown game too. Absolutely, yeah, so, um, yeah, if, that's another point. If Joe Burrow takes a three-step drop and he's got three, you know, three Buffalo Bills players that have already broken through the line of scrimmage, like. You're gonna have to get the ball out quick, or else you're gonna die. So um, well, I wouldn't you know, go that far. Like the, I wouldn't go that extreme. Um, you you got to get the ball out against uh, against the Bills, and um, you know I wonder that it's gonna be a nice little um, a nice little chess match I think with with util- utilization of, of personnel groups because you know you've got to you've got to dump it off quick um, and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be – I don't think – we mentioned this on the postgame pod last night. Bengals couldn't really do a ton deep shot-wise. Uh, Zach Taylor talked about that today where, you know, he's like, sometimes we called it and the Ravens just had it covered up. Yeah. Um, Bills have really good safeties, uh, maybe the best safety tandem in the league. So you're you're talking about another group where throwing the ball down the field is going to be really difficult. So um, that's going to be – that's going to be another kind of chess match that I'm going to be watching. But, yeah, P-Ron – Curious how much P Ryan, uh, how much run P Ryan gets. And to that point, I saw Matt Bowen, who's a, an analyst for ESPN. He tweeted that the Ravens played zone coverage on about seventy-seven percent of Joe Burrow's dropbacks, and over forty percent split safety, aka cover two slash quarters. Which you know we did talk, at least I talked a lot this week about how Joe Burrow's done a lot better against cover two since he played the Ravens back in Week Five, which is where they really got him in that game. And like you said, I don't think this was as bad because he played a lot better. He was more efficient until like those last three drives where they didn't score. But um, as much as the Ravens had theirs, I think Burrow had his where he, he needed to, especially I think that drive where uh, Hurst almost had the touchdown and Burrow snuck it in. You know, he, he scrambles on third and one. We've seen him do that many times this year, and it was even harder in this case because he's down, you know, three linemen uh, at this point. So, you know, he looked really good in that sense where – without some of his best guys, his best protection, still made it work, which goes back to the confidence I have uh, I have in him going into Buffalo this week. But speaking of Buffalo and weaknesses and flaws, when we come back, we're going to kind of flip this and look at what flaws the Bengals can take advantage of this week as you're listening to the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we talked about the highs the Bengals defense, the lows of the Bengals offense, a.k.a. the lows on the front of the Bengals offense. But to kind of flip this and reverse engineer it, like, let's be real. The Bills, I thought, were going to blow the Miami Dolphins out of the water. Because, number one, the Dolphins are a seven seed. I get it's the playoffs, but they're still a seven seed. And number two, they're not playing Tua Tagovailoa. They're not even playing Teddy Bridgewater. They're playing Skylar Thompson, who, I'm going to tell you, I did not know who he was until he came in into the Patriots game that they played in the second to last week of the season when Bridgewater went down. Obviously, two has been in concussion protocol. I had no idea who this guy was. He did not look great. He threw two picks. He completed less than 50% of his passes. And somehow the Bills only won by three. I mean, the thing that stood out to me from that is Josh Allen was just not good with the ball. He threw two interceptions. He fumbled, which was taken by Miami for a touchdown. That should not have even been the case. I mean, I've said before, like when we previewed uh, the first matchup when the Bills were coming to Cincinnati for Monday night, I said the thing with Josh Allen is his not even just red zone turnovers, like just turnovers. Like he made some really bad decisions. And I give credit to Miami's defense. I don't want to 
downplay the team, but I do want to also say their defense was great. But, yeah, that is uh, – I'm very concerned about Josh Allen and kind of his decision-making on a lot of those plays. I guess how much do you have concern for Josh Allen and then how much did the Bengals look at that and say, I'm ready, give it to me. That's so weird. That was weird. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I, I would, if I would look that and say, hey, give it to me. I'm ready. Give me the ball. The, the thing with Josh Allen is that Josh Allen's playing through a hurt elbow. I don't think he's really been the same um, since he hurt his elbow earlier in the year. Uh, he's got that what was the, the weird like UCL thing that you see in baseball pitchers. Like Tommy um, John? Yeah, that, well, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, Tommy John's the surgery name, but yeah. uh, it's a UCL injury. So I, I don't know if he's been the same since then, but like you look at their last couple of games. They scored 31 on the Dolphins. Scored. Uh, now, granted, they did have two kick returns, but Naheem Hines is a good kick returner. They had 35 on the Patriots. Uh, they scored 35 against the Bears, 32 against the Dolphins. Like this, this offense is really good, and like even if – you know, because Josh Allen is kind of the epitome of that, like, no, 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 yes, yes, yes player, um, where everything kind of looks like it's breaking down, and then all of a sudden he just kind of makes magic happen. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that you have to be kind of rightfully scared of what Josh Allen can do. Um, you know, he can throw the ball a mile. Um, I just, I, I think this is a game where, um, you know, again, like, turnovers matter so much in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, we saw a probably the most extreme example we could have with the Sam Hubbard play last night. Um, but again, like, but it happened if it happened. It, right. But, but that's my point is um, you typically don't see 14 point swings a lot. Like the Ravens were about to be leading that game by seven with a with 10 minutes left in the game. Um, and then the Bengals went up to sevens. So you typically don't see those swings, but if Josh Allen's going to give you a few plays where, you know, you can make a play and, you know, turn a, Bill's promising drive into a turnover or, you know, put yourself in good offensive field position. Like that's, I think that that's going to be a big key for the Bengals secondary this week because Josh Allen will give you a few of those chances. But the flip side is, is they're not going to try to maximize possessions like Ravens did. Right. Limit that's true. That's true. They'll uh, go right back down the field after a mistake and, and get the points back. So, I mean, it's just, they're, it's a team that I feel, I think feels, very comfortable in a shootout um and right now well which team because i think both teams do i agree with andrew on that well i, I think buffalo does but and i don't know that without your full complement of offensive linemen um the bengals are in a position to be as consistent um with that kind of approach um but we'll see i, I mean i think buffalo like you said you know it's funny that the fans over there are disgruntled about an offense that's you know top five in the league in almost every category and I think was when I looked it up was the only team that had a top 10 rushing offense and um, passing offense in, in the league or one of two yeah, I think, I think you're right about that Philadelphia was the other one so uh, you know for us for us, the, the knocks that he gets about turning the ball over or them not scoring as many points since that injury I mean very few teams can keep up with them I mean, the Dolphins almost kept up with them. So in, in defense of those fans, and I'm not taking away from all those stats you mentioned because, like I said, there's a reason why Allen was an MVP candidate entering this year. But, like, you almost lost to a – I don't want to say you lost to a third-string quarterback because it's not that simple. But, like, you almost – I mean, the Bengals almost the Bengals lost, almost to, lost to, 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 to – so That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's the playoffs. I know. It's just, I, yeah, it's like I, I, I was going to say, I, I think you're making too much of that because, like, 
the the 49ers might be the best team in the league and also, that was the Hall that was the backup. only game he's a backup he's not right, a third string right but he's still a backup like the 49ers are probably the best team in the league or at least one of the best teams in the league and that was the only game that wasn't close like every game around the league was was close this weekend um, backup quarterback you know elite quarterback Brock rising quarterback core like you, you're talking about like every game was close so i don't know how much you can really kind of dig into that especially because the two games that you're referencing here, um, they're divisional rivals. Like, the Bengals know each other really well. Uh, the Bengals know the Ravens really well. The Dolphins know the Bills really well. That's um, fair. I'll both, give that to like, you. Like, the, the Ravens played two weeks in a row in Cincinnati. That's, that's and fair. John Harbaugh said, you know, we have a two-week plan, basically. Like, they were they rested certain guys kind of with the understanding that they were going to come back here. Um, we were in, I think it was the weekend we were in Tampa Bay. Uh, the Dolphins played the Bills on that. Like they played like a Saturday night game. It was the night before. Uh, it was on like a Saturday. snowy game in Buffalo, and so like both these teams had played each other really recently. Um, and the NFL is just such a close league where um, you know it really takes one bounce one way, and a game flips. And yeah, I, I don't know if you really can take anything from. Oh well, the Bills only played a third-string quarterback to a three-point win. No, I'm not like, I'm not saying I, I don't it's that know. simple. I don't know I'm not completely reducing to that because I agree that's that's not fair. Like Miami's defense is still pretty good too. Like as much as Allen made some bad decisions, the Dolphins made some great decisions too. Like I'll give that to Mike McDaniel. Other than the horrendous play clock management, which uh, I will go on a rant that I'm not going to go down. So I'm just going to say that besides that, he coached the game pretty well. I think the the lesson here is every single team in the playoffs will have their weaknesses. Like on the AFC side, the Jags have to figure out how to not go down 27 nothing like they did against the Chargers, even though they won. The Bengals have to figure out how to avoid letting Joe Burrow get beat up because you're probably not going to have some of your offensive linemen, uh, depending on what happens this week. And then, I mean, yeah, the Bills, like, they got to work on turnovers. They got to work on, like, being more efficient with the ball, like, not letting Josh Allen lose the ball. And then the Chiefs just have to figure out why they can't beat the Bengals. Like, I know the Chiefs are that good. They don't really have many weaknesses or flaws other than the fact that, yeah, they just cannot beat the Bengals, which, assuming the Bengals and Chiefs both win this weekend, then we can talk more about that. But every team has its flaws. Everyone has its weaknesses. But it's a matter of who can overcome them the best. And we're going to talk about how the Bengals can overcome those flaws later this week. Stay tuned as we break down everything. Heading into Buffalo, it's going to be a great game because, like Andrew said, it's going to be a chess match, and that is why football is fun to watch. Once again, for myself, Andrew Gilson, Mike Tyson, I'm Muhammad Amon.